Welcome to the Learning Reinvented podcast brought to you by myself, Katie Godden, and the team at The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we wanted to do something slightly different. This week, it's my turn to interview fellow podcast host, James Politillo, about what learning means to him. So hi, James, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Katie. It's uh, good to be on this side of the microphone for once, so answering the questions rather than asking them. (laughs) So let's start off. What does learning mean to you? I don't know. It's an odd one, really, because I always think, and you'll hear me say this all the time, learning is about purpose for me. I think, you know, it's great to learn new things, but I tend to want to learn or have more interest in learning if I can see a relevance or a purpose. So to me, it's about um, being in a position where you can't do something or don't know something and you go to that through that process of discovery and knowing that or getting better at something. But there's normally a reason behind that. I mean, of course, we have other things where you learn things because you just happen to find out things or it's of interest to you. But again, that interest is is almost purposeful because you want to find out more, you want to discover something, you want to test your understanding. So yeah, to me, it's always got to have a reason behind it, really. Learning for learning's sake is where I've been most disengaged with any sort of learning in my life. I think you and I are both quite similar in that aspect. And I think that kind of resonates through to to us as the learning effect that we need to have a purpose to what we're doing. Otherwise, uh, there's not much point to doing it. So what's your approach been to learning uh, kind of during your life? I don't know. I think like most people, your first contact with learning that you're aware of, I mean, obviously, as a kid, you're learning all the time. But I think the first point you realise you're learning is, is probably school. Um, And school, you know, school was fine for me. I didn't find school particularly difficult. I was quite lucky in that respect, but I did find a lot of it very boring or pointless. You know, the thing that got me was on my site from the age of 11 up till, you know, sort of 16, you just seem to spend loads of stuff, loads of time doing uh, comprehension. So whether that was in history or English or whatever it happens to be, and it was someone would give you you know something to read and you'd have to show that you could understand and pull relevant facts out and I'm like I get this after you know you've done it a few times I've already got it I don't want to practice this time and time and time again and I think that probably underpins my again my approach to learning is I like to do stuff quickly I get stuff quite quickly if if it makes sense to me and I want to move on to something else And I don't necessarily just want to go round and round the wheel doing the same thing time and time again. I think I've seen that both in my career, my life. You know, I like to travel a lot. I don't necessarily want to go to the same places. I want to discover new things. And I think that's really important to me. Whereas I know for other people, learning is more about focused targeting of a particular skill set or particular career and, and wanting to become a master or an expert in that type of their career whereas to me I think the world's moving so much I'm interested in lots of things I want to explore lots of things and if I become an expert in something else I think the world's moving so quickly that you can't just say you're heading in that you've got to have a broader view of different things so yeah to me it's it's a wider view of of lots of different things and trying to solve problems and help people along the way. 
And you've got a young son. Do you think that's kind of changed your thought towards how we learn? Because obviously you're seeing him at like a really early stage and all the things that he's learning. Um, so do you think that's kind of changed your view at all, on anything? I think in some ways, you know, you see that clearly he is in that stage, you know, he's what two and a bit that he's tuned in to being learning all the time and like he'll mimic you and you have to be really careful what you say or do because he's now in that stage where everything comes back straight away um but yeah learning's quite easy for him so you know we'll listen to him when he goes to sleep at night and he's you know he's he's counting to himself you just listen to him counting him to himself so he's almost got that innate ability to learn because he's practicing he's repeating you know he'll he'll sit there and count up to 20 they're not always in the right order once you get above 14 or 15 but you know he knows that you know it's 19 then 20 and you know whatever it happens to be but you know you see him try things walk away from things also you know I, I look at how he learns and he he's not the first person to dive in he tends to be a bit reflective stand on the outside watch something and when he decides to do it, he does it very quickly. So you've, we've seen that in all stages from when he learned to walk or, or anything else. He wasn't the first, but he gets things very quickly when he does. And so I think that teaches me there is some innate stuff that's different to everyone as to how they prefer or like to learn. But yeah, he's he's more interested in the things he's interested in, which isn't surprising, really. We're all like that. So yeah, I don't think it's it's changed how I think about learning but I think it just gives you an opportunity to view it in a bit of a microcosm and, and see how that's working how you know he as an individual and his friends and anyone else approaches it at that age. Yeah I think that's really different isn't it because like obviously at that age you don't really remember learning all of those things like learning how to walk and talk etc you kind of learn it from like early on in school perhaps at like primary school but you can already walk and talk hopefully by then. Um, so what do you think your best uh, learning experience to date has been? So I think like lots of learning people, I've had some learning experiences, good, bad and indifferent in my career. And the types of organisations I've worked in, a lot of my learning has come through activity and doing new things and taking on new projects. So I'd, I'd probably split it into sort of different events. And some of those would be actually picking up new jobs or going into new organizations and having to learn very quickly I think that's always been my best learning experience so I'm not someone who's stayed in one particular industry or one company for a, for a long period of time and I think that's what, what that's given me is an ability to go in and analyze a situation work out what's important what's not sift through lots of information and again, work out where my gaps in knowledge are and where I need to find out more information. So I find those the best learning experiences. In terms of formal learning experiences, I've been on lots of those. And when I did my professional HR qualifications, that was probably my worst learning experience, I think, because I was already in the world of work. I was already, you know, relatively more, I was in my mid twenties, but you know, you're, you're sort of, a learning in a different way and to go back into a very academic way of learning didn't really work for me because it was very theoretical um, there was very little attachment to reality and as I was already working and had a decent amount of experience by then 
you can see the holes in some of that way of learning, the inability to apply learning. Um, I think in terms of the best learning event or the, the one that stuck with me most is quite interestingly when I was very early on in my career at Selfridges, I got nominated to go on Oxford Summer School, which interestingly, we're now working with the British Retail Consortium to help them deliver what is now the up-to-date product of that. So 20 years ago, I was a delegate on those programmes and it was a really intense week of learning. And I think that sort of being dumped into something and thrown into the deep end taught me a lot about me as a leader. I don't think that was ever on, you know, that was maybe designed into the programme in a way that being immersed, having to do lots of activities teaches you a lot about yourself, but it wasn't the stuff that was on the curriculum I, I learned. I learned about how I dealt with people, how I dealt with new people, how I galvanised teams, how I balanced the wealth and health of the team against the outcomes that we achieved in the short term. So that taught me a lot about me, my leadership style, my level of patience I have for things. So I, I found that a really good learning experience and I still remember some of the lessons I learned from that. But again, I don't think that was necessarily the stuff de designed into the curriculum, but it was more about the experience itself. That's really good. So obviously you've had lots of experience through different industries, like you said, um, and you've had lots of different roles. How did you kind of get into learning and how has that progressed over the years? I, th I think I, like most people, fell into learning. So um, it was back in my time at Selfridges. I'd gone in and picked up a job whilst I worked out what I wanted to do. In effect, I'd, I'd done a role at Selfridges whilst I was studying. I did a law degree, got to the end of it and didn't necessarily want to go on and pursue a law career and quite honestly couldn't afford to go on and, and pursue the next stage of the law career either. So you know, it was another £30,000 of investment and I, I wasn't sure that was right and therefore didn't want to invest that time and money in something that I wasn't sure was right. So I went and took a job in Selfridges, which I'd loved as a temp and, and a sort of part-timer and summer and Christmas jobs, etc. I'd really enjoyed it. I remember landing in there on on day one and this was a full-time job and I was like, actually, I need more than this. This, you know, I need something else. And so I'd applied for a promotion and someone who was a really good mentor to me at the time said, don't apply just for a management role. There's this management stroke training role that you can do some management, but also you'll be developing people. You'll get bored doing just management. You know, I know you do this. It's got two strings to your bow and you get into that. So that's how I fell into first parts of learning. And then I was quite good at that for whatever reason it was. And I got seconded to a central team and then I gave some very honest feedback because I've been on the floor as a, a manager in in those sort of that role with half training, half management. I'd also been, you know, an employee relatively recently, not in a managerial role. So I gave some quite cutting feedback to the central team about the quality of what we were delivering, about how poor induction was and various things like that. And I sort of got kept on, I think, because I was quite forthright and I, my secondment was turned into a permanent role and I was given the job of fixing the problems I'd identified, which was great. And to be quite honest, that's sort of how my career has progressed. I've gone from challenge to challenge. I like a challenge. So 
I did a you know a good job there. I think um, you know progressed really well, built a team, helped drive performance at the business, and then I again I got itchy feet because I'd, I'd achieved quite a lot and I couldn't see the next natural progression. So I moved to a a small startup company, and there I helped you know form their learning department from scratch. They had a couple of folders of training courses on a shelf when I joined that organization and again built a team from scratch then I went into a local authority which was a very different challenge that was more of a change management role and taking people on that journey as to change the culture of the organization lots of stuff around restructure and learning and, and stuff along that those lines as well and also more into leadership and management development in that role but yeah, I think my career has just progressed from organisation to organisation by me looking and going in and wanting to take on new challenges. So, you know, I've been, as I said, eight different organisations, seven different sectors before we set up the business. And it's always been driven by wanting to make a difference, wanting to help people, but ultimately wanting to drive business performance as well. So we talk a lot about that now, but you know, I was doing that 20 years ago just because it was the right thing. Do you think it's helped like being in roles where you've been able to kind of immerse yourself in the business? So like your example at Selfridges, where obviously you were on the shop floor um, and you can then go back with really real life examples of kind of where you can make improvements, etc. in regards to kind of training process. Did you kind of take that into your other roles as well? Did you try and immerse yourself into the businesses that you're in so you could really understand where those kind of issues were and and could then help improve in regards to kind of learning business performance etc yeah i think you have to and i think i've always tried to do that it's hard to do though because you land in a role and if you don't do it very quickly you can often you're then caught in the wheel of doing the day job and you, you won't have an opportunity to go back but what my advice would be to learning people going into a new role is often immersing yourself in the business is seen as going down to the front line particularly if you're not in that organization so when you're going to care go and be a carer understand the challenges that they're facing and yes that's really important but it's also important to understand your business understand your people challenges understand how your business makes money understand you know what motivates and drives your people where your people challenges are where the skills gaps are where your business differentiates itself from the opposition where your sector's facing and all of those things are equally important as understanding exactly what it's like to be at the on the front line and i think often people just take their a perspective so they either look at what learning's needed for a particular group of people. But I think you need to understand the business, the industry you're in, you know, right from the front line, right up. And that doesn't need to be sticking in one one industry or one organization for five, 10, 15 years. It's about using the expertise around you, gaining experience, you know, speaking to lots of people, being always interested because you need to do that when you start in a business, but you need to keep being interested in what's changing because just because you had a one week induction where you got to learn how to to do that frontline role that will be moving constantly the conditions they'll be doing that in is very different if you think about the last couple of years 
you know if i was going into a business that i'd been in before i'm sure they look a hundred times different because of covid and the changes that are happening and that might be a unique situation but over the course of you know months and years things evolve things change so it's important to keep in touch with every part of your business as much as you possibly can yeah i think it's really interesting that you've said that because i've seen over the years kind of lots of people come into to learning roles and kind of just get on with what they're they're tasked to do or asked to do and whether that's kind of delivering um content that's been there for years and years or or finding off the shelf content, whatever it happens to be, but they don't really have the the context um, of the business and that understanding to be able to kind of make those decisions. They're kind of doing it off the back of like what someone else has said. So I think it's it's interesting that you're saying that it's important to kind of immerse yourself and have that experience. Um, so what have your pet hates been in learning or in your learning career so far, do you think? I think I come from a different perspective to lots of learning people. I'm probably the person who doesn't really like learning. Going back to, you know, when I was at school, learning for learning's sake is 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 not really what I'm about. Um, so I try to think of things in a in a relatively pragmatic, straightforward way. What can we achieve? Who are we trying to help? What do they need? Um, and that often isn't learning. It's often something else. It could be reward. It could be ways of working, procedures, policies, systems. So there's all of the stuff around the edge because you can be great at learning. And again, you know, you have procedural learning, systems learning, but a lot of that is pushed out and just doesn't work because it's not close enough to the front line. And then you have at the other end of the world, sort of leadership training and development. And I know lots of people will be wedded into that sort of personal contact time or coaching or mentoring. But to me, I've always been more interested in the system around it. So that the, the place that people operate in and trying to create an environment and a culture and a way of working that enables people to develop, you know, do their best. So to me, it, it is that wider stuff that I've been interested in. And I think the stuff that just makes me see alarm bells when I go into a new business or I see it happening in learning is is what I'd call the sort of the jazz hands side of learning, where it's it's more about an experience, but very little thought into the purpose. So it's about people having a nice time. So it's people going on an away day to do something or you know, a manager requesting something and you just delivering something because they said so, or you spending more time on the logistics and people being happy and comfortable at an event without thinking, actually, is that event worth even running in the first place? And and I see a lot of time, money, effort and credibility burnt by learning teams who worry more about effectively running a holiday camp than than running learning and I think that sets a really bad precedent for learning people in my view because it doesn't set you up as serious business people here who are there to help people perform and you know if if learning projects itself as you know compliance training and the learning police and then sort of these lovely events you go to that maybe was a, a day out of the office that you could have done something more useful with I think that's a, a really bad place for learning to be and hopefully we've moved or are moving away from that but I still see inst 
incidents of it happening, I still see that being the first drive for lots of learning people. So to me, we're there to help people in a really practical way that helps deliver results for them, for their business. And if I see stuff that's just tinsel on something that shouldn't be happening in the first place, that's my pet hate because I think it undermines everyone in learning's credibility. And I think that kind of leads back onto what you were saying at the beginning of of what what you believe learning is. It's kind of like having that purpose behind it. Um, and like you said, just doing learning for learning's sake and kind of keeping everyone happy and giving them like a nice lunch or something that's not necessarily creating that purpose or kind of going back to those business requirements that you need. You kind of touched on like learning changing slightly. What do you think uh, learning will look like in the future? I think learning will look very different. You know, if we roll five, ten years forward, I think learning and even employment might look very different. And I think people are going to become far more of almost their own mini business and more of a a commodity themselves. So I think the onus is going to fall to individuals to upskill themselves, to learn, to remain relevant, to understand their value in the market. Um, I think, you know, we've moved a long way from jobs for life and, you know, uh, learning as a reward. I think it's got to be something that's there to help people and help the organisation. So I think that's a great thing. But what I think that will mean is we hopefully over time will get a more discerning audience for learning who accept uh, great stuff, but also push back on anything that isn't high value. And you'll see this starting to happen in the market at the moment. So people are starting to spend on their own learning or their own development. And the start of that was a few years ago when businesses were giving people individual learning budgets to go and spend on stuff that was relevant to them or helpful to their role. I think the problem at the other end is there is a lot of rubbish out there in terms of learning. And I I don't mean it's poor content. It's just it's really hard to find the stuff that's relevant to you. So, you know, there's hundreds of LinkedIn learning courses or other other generic courses out there. But if you look at what they cover, they're basically an introduction to something. They don't really, unless it's technical skills, take you to where you need to be. And what I think is learning will be far more about connection, about surfacing of knowledge, about connecting people together because, you know, Google search or any of those things is still not good enough to solve lots of the problems we face because they're contextual or they're individualized. And I think back to the two years we've had running a business and, you know, along that way, we could, you know, we've done learning courses, we've you know been to support resources we've asked for advice but because we're in a slightly unique position of course we are we're setting up a new business it's slightly different to everyone that has gone before we've actually found the quality of support out there has been really poor uh, there hasn't been a great amount of information out there there hasn't been targeted information you know you can go through a course and the bits it doesn't cover are the three or four nuanced questions that we've had and I think that's the same in lots of roles that, you know, you'll have learning that's out there that will take you to a level. But how we help people answer those more contextual or nuanced questions or build into a culture that ability for 
people to share information or be able to find the person who can help them work through that specific problem. That's where I think the future of learning is going, that there'll be a set of generic stuff we can all access, we can get when we want, but it'll be more about the connection to those people in a nuanced way to solve problems that are slightly more difficult or slightly or not part of the core curriculum. And I don't think organisations will necessarily own our learning. I think we will. And that will change the power base and hopefully drive the quality of those products up in future as well. Yeah, definitely. I think we're starting to see some of those barriers kind of being removed where previously you had kind of really prescribed and long training programs that were set out and they were created over years and years like now we're starting to see some of those barriers i think covid's been a catalyst to that because everything has changed so quickly and in some cases overnight and you've had to change processes etc so you've had to be more flexible in the way kind of learning and communications are delivered so hopefully that continues to be able to kind of enable uh, what you see the future is because I think that that truly will help people in the workplace. And it's not particularly new because if you see in things like coding and computer development there's been a lot of open source work, a lot of sharing, a lot of collaboration that happens naturally because people are passionate and interested in those areas. I would just like to see that spread wider into the rest of learning and the other industries where that isn't the norm and also to give that that power and information back to people so that they can take control of their learning and it isn't just a set few people who the organization decide can develop themselves but that almost becomes a right and an expectation for everyone to develop and you know going in and, and not developing or keeping up to speed in a role is is going to become not an option you know it's already shouldn't be an option but it's going to become even less of an option as we go forward yeah, definitely. I think as jobs kind of change and evolved and at the speed that they are doing that anyway, um, that will become an essential part of people's jobs to actually have that capability and ability to kind of uh, develop themselves um, as individuals as opposed to being told what to do. So James, that's kind of the end of our podcast this week. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they go about doing that? Uh, probably the best way is on LinkedIn, so I'm sure we'll put the details in the show notes below or else if you want to pick up the phone and speak to us or get in touch with us about something you're working on, you can contact us through the website and there's you know, emails, contact forms you can fill in, phone numbers on there, etc. So we'd love to talk to anyone about their views. Um, would love to speak to people on future podcasts and also if anyone wants to work with us on the challenge they're trying to face in their business that's where we get really excited about stuff and how we can help them achieve something brilliant awesome thank you very much james for joining me and yes we'll add all of those details into our show notes for you a pleasure katie thank you